This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. If you haven't checked it out yet, you've got to check out Locker Room. Download the app and join myself and the Athletics' Ali Kambijani each and every week live to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Now, joining us for today's episode is good friend of the show, host of the Gen Z Rockets podcast, Nima Javadzada, who you can follow at Finding Nima 23 on Twitter. What's up, my guy? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Excited to have you here, man. We got a handful of topics we're going to get into. It's going to be a fun show. We got a lot lined up. We're going to talk about uh, which Rockets we're pulling for in this year's NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about when the right time is for this current Rockets team to, you know, quote unquote, hit the reload button and really kind of maybe push their their chips to the center of the table. Uh, We're going to maybe talk a little bit about what's going on on Rockets Twitter because there's been some... uh, uh, some division among some of the most iconic members of Rockets Twitter. So we'll talk about all that and some more, maybe some NBA playoffs. But Nima, let's just kind of start out. And uh, first things first is of the Rockets that are currently in the playoffs right now, because we Ariza's already gone, Rocco's gone, Mclemore's gone. You know, uh, but of the former Rockets from these, you know, the last couple years of this team who are currently in the playoffs, you still got James Harden, Chris Paul, Clint Capella. P.J. Tucker, Austin Rivers, a.k.a. Houston Bayous. Um, And, of course, with James Harden, the news that hamstring has gone bust, messes up his hamstring, first play of the game in Game 1, Nets, Bucks. Super disappointing for, you know, those Rockets fans who have been following James Harden as a net, watching him play, excited to see him, you know, take on uh, Giannis' attempt to free throw in uh, (laughs) in this series. And... Now he's you know ruled out for game two. He's got hamstring tightness. But for you, Nima, which, which rocket or rockets are you really pulling for these playoffs? Yeah, and then there's also the, the the a little bit farther back with uh, Patrick Beverly and and Lou Will. Um, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of rockets out there right now. Um, I was actually at the Brooklyn game last night, and uh, it was it was very upsetting because, like, first of all, seeing the James Harden, like them announce James Harden as a home team player, and like not being in Toyota Center, it felt very weird. Like the graphics were way different than what I normally see in Houston and all that stuff. And um, but it was cool, like seeing. And, and, whole- and the worst part is, right? You don't have Matt Thomas doing the announcing, so you don't have Matt Thomas doing his iconic six-five guard from Arizona State, the beard, James Harden. I, I can't quite do it justice, but I think I did a good enough job. 
<laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, like it, it was it was so different, but uh, it was also cool seeing like a very very like as as much trouble as Brooklyn has selling tickets right now, uh, which I I found like insane. Like a ticket for the Brooklyn Milwaukee game is like a fifth of that of the Knicks games. <laughs> I think it's just the experience of MSG, and apparently nobody wants to make it out to Brooklyn. But the people that were there, like the chanting, like the Brooklyn chant that you hear on there, like in the game, whenever you're sitting in the stadium, it's ridiculous. Like chills. It was cool. Um, but I only got to see 40, 43 seconds of Harden, which was upsetting. I wanted, you know, the last time I saw him was in person was one of the Lakers games before he left. And those are etched into my brain as just horrible, horrible games. Uh, so I wanted to boo him a little bit, then cheer for him a little bit, um, heckle him to come back to Houston. Travis Scott was there too, which was wild. Like it was, it felt like I was at a Rockets game for a little bit, uh, except they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the court. Um, but I'm actually like, in terms of the Nets, like I, I really like Kyrie. Obviously there's like the whole Harden part of it. My stance with the Nets is I don't really care what happens over there win a ring for Harden's sake just so people don't bash him too much more and just get over it and move on like I think it's time to move on um but then also just blow it up by 2023 I need your picks <laughs> like, hey so that's a, that actually brings up a really great point Nima because I, I've kind of been mulling over this hypothetical and for what it's worth you know I've, I've mentioned as much but I am firmly in the camp now it took me a while to finally come around to it I think I was one of the last people uh, to finally make my way into this camp. But I, I do hope that James Harden walks away with a ring this season. Um, my ideal finals matchup is Nets-Suns, because then at least one way or another, you got Harden or Paul walking away with a ring, which, you know, it'd be disappointing. Obviously, that didn't happen in their Houston tenure, and we can we might talk about that a little bit later on, about uh, how uh, polarizing that 2017-2018 team has become in Rockets' Twitter uh, fandom. But... That begs the question, Nima. In your mind, which outcome is best for the Houston Rockets? And that's essentially this. Here are the outcomes. Is the Nets win a ring this year, and they they come up short next year. They come up short this year, but then they do win a ring next year. They come up short both years, or they win both years. So there's four options there. Personally, for me... I kind of think the best case scenario is that they win a ring this year and they come up short next year. And my logic for that is I kind of think that that's, that would be the the inkling to them where they say, okay, we did it once, we came up short the next year, and then they really have to decide, do we want to stick together in this, right? Like, do we want to opt in? Do we want to re-up for long-term deals? Whereas I think if they lose both years, I feel like there might be a sense of like, okay, we really need to re-up to prove people wrong. Whereas if they get that one title, then it might be easier for them to walk away from it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, so if they if they win one, then lose one. I think if they lose in like the first round, similar to like how Miami or the Lakers did this year, like you've made it to finals and then you lost first round embarrassingly, not really for the Lakers, but for Miami, which is fun. Uh, but I think that, you know, there might be, because all three of them have player options. So they could possibly move away from that. I think if they win both, they all pick up their player option. 
uh, or sign like, you know, smaller one year deals to, to come back and try and three peat. But I think after, you know, the possibility of a three peat, they're done for sure. Um, if they lose both, there's either the world of you blow it up completely, or it's you all reject your player options, take salary cuts, because I feel like all three are the type of player to be willing to take a salary cut to win another ring, especially if you lose both, um, and pick up another, uh, another good player in free agency, because that is a very stacked free agency class. And that's, that's kind um, of my fear, is that you know if they do lose both, I think there's a sense of like pride there almost because you you already know, right? It's championship or bust for this trio of guys. You know, James Harden had to force his way out of Houston to pair up with Kyrie and Durant. And if they don't win a title, the critics are going to come out in droves. So for them to be able to, you know, if they if they come up short this season, then maybe you have that excuse, okay, it was their first year together, they never had the health, all these different things that you can throw out there. But then if they manage to come up short again next season and there's no excuses to fall back on, everybody's healthy, whatever, then there's that serious question of, okay, do you blow it up or do they re-up again to try later? And I think in, in Rockets fans' best interest... <laughs> The thing that you want to see is you want to see this Brooklyn Nets team derail as quickly as possible because then that's the best case scenario for the Rockets. The picks start looking extra juicy, all of that, right? Yeah, and so like I think, in my opinion, probably win one and then lose one. Honestly, maybe even win two and just have them, you know, finish it out on that third year, try and three-peat. You three-P, you know, you're, you still, all three of you solidify your legacy. I think Kyrie probably retires after that. Um, and, you know, Harden and KD can go do whatever they want afterwards. I doubt either of them really stays in Brooklyn. Uh, or if, you you know, you don't three-P, it didn't happen, and you move on. I think 2023 is kind of the cutoff regardless, though, for the for Brooklyn. Like, I think they ha- they're going to – like, they have three years, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then and then everyone will probably move on because if you don't win in three years, like it just it's not going to happen. And by by then you're talking about you know James Harden will be what 34, 35, give or take. And hopefully, somewhere. hopefully not with a chronic hamstring injury, but the way he's going and the way he's pushing that injury, like yeah, not not great for James Harden, unfortunately. But Father Time is definitely going to be catching up to that Brooklyn Nets trio, James Harden and Kevin Durant, a little bit faster than uh, one Kyrie Irving. Although there might be other things on Kyrie's mind other than basketball down the line. But coming up, Nima, we want to talk about. We've got basically we want to talk about this current Rocket squad, and I, I want to pick your brain a little bit, and we're going to kind of hit some hypotheticals about what does it look like for this team what are some of the benchmarks for us to look at for when this team when we know it's the right time for this team to reload essentially we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at indeed so you're the hiring expert for your company and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates you need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier you need indeed indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one two three post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. You can get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. And only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews directly in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Again, get a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. 
Another message from our friends over at Built Bar. Look, if you've never had a protein bar that you've actually enjoyed, if protein bars have always been a chore for you, you have to check out Built Bar. Every single bar, first off, the flavors are just incredible. I mean, coconut, uh, mint chocolate brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. You just cannot go wrong with any single flavor on their menu. But the best part about these bars, the flavors are great, but every single bar is covered in delicious chocolate. And, and they're basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. Every single bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing if you're on a keto diet. And you can check them out. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your very first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, chatting with good friend of the show, Nima. Now, Nima, we're going to get into this, you know, essentially when the Rockets can quote unquote reload. And what I mean by reload, right, is is essentially starting to moving out of asset accumulation mode, which is what I think we both agree they're firmly dead set in the middle of right now. Is there a bad team? They should be taking on bad contracts and accumulating as many assets as possible what benchmarks we need to see out of them. But really quick, because we, we talked about this during the break, you didn't actually get a chance to tell us which rocket you're really pulling for. You told us about your James Harden experience, but you didn't actually tell us which rocket you're rooting for. So who is it, man? Yeah, so it's it's Clint Capella. Um, I think I love that Hawks team right now. They're a lot of fun. Um, and I, I think right now Capella has an op- – it's like he's just like – it's – it's going to be against a lot of people that are from his past, like right now against Philly, him against Dwight Howard, uh, which is like, you know, the understudy against the, the starter, like the, the student, the master. Uh, and then after that, probably against James Harden, like one of his best friends in the league. Uh, and then if you if you beat Brooklyn, not saying oh, – Yeah, I was going to say, you said probably. You said – oh, th- this man said probably. He is very high on the uh, fiery Atlanta Hawks, which you're right because it, it, you flip it on the other side of things. It, this is also James Harden kind of fight, – not fighting his demons, but fighting his previous teammates, right? So depending on his health and, you know, what what that situation looks like, if he comes back, he's got to go against P.J. Tucker and the Bucks. Potentially yeah. then Clint Capella in the uh, conference finals if the Hawks then, make it there. And then Chris Paul. And then Chris Paul in the finals. Oh. Or, or 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 Houston Bayous. Maybe we're under, maybe we're writing off the Nuggets a little too early, but it'd be it'd be a very fun pathway if that's the team if that's the you know, the battle that James Harden has to fight on the way to the finals. I would also like to see Capella go up again. Like if it, I obviously I don't think the, the Hawks are gonna make the finals. I think the Nets are. My my pick is Nets Clippers. But if there is a world out there where it's Atlanta versus the Utah Jazz, seeing Clint Capella in an NBA Finals against Rudy Gobert would make me very happy. And not to mention, Capella did very good against Jokic, too. Oh, that's that's very true. Clint Capella made you know Jokic and Gobert. Uh, I mean, he took their lunch money every time they played. So that would be, definitely be a very fun matchup. I'd enjoy it thoroughly. I'm right there with you. But Nima, let's get into this. You know the you know quote unquote yeah. right time to reload and. This was actually kind of sparked a little bit um, in part by uh, Monty. So shout out Monty if you're listening to this. I hope you are. Uh, who emailed me and was like, "Hey, so there's this, you know, there's this Bleacher Report article, and it kind of prompted my idea for this segment. What do we want to what we want to tackle here? But the premise for this article was, what are some ways that the teams who missed the playoffs this season can reload and you know essentially try to fight for a playoff spot 
next season. And this trade hypothetical involved the Rockets. And I'm not like sitting here putting a bunch of stock into it, but it's more so just the thought exercise that comes along with it that I'm interested in. And that is the Rockets would trade Christian Wood, uh, DJ Augustine, and then three first round picks. Uh, The Blazers pick, the Bucks pick. uh, So both picks in this year's draft, uh, the late firsts. And then next year's Rockets pick, the 2022 first round draft pick, they would trade all of that for Carl Anthony Towns. Now, on the surface of this, I've been pretty upfront about not wanting to trade Christian Wood. I think that this organization has done a really good job rehabbing its image, and it would look really bad for a team to flip a guy who just chose you in free agency. So that's kind of tough in its in and of itself. But to extend past that, I think what this really kind of brings us to is the Rockets have, you know, a ton of draft capital over the next decade. And apart from the apart from the Oklahoma City Thunder, they've got the most draft picks of any team in the NBA. So looking at that, like at what point does this team comfortably say we're ready to cash in? We're ready to throw our picks, throw two, three, maybe four first round draft picks at a star studded guy to bring in and really round out the team. And what are the benchmarks that this team needs to hit to get there? And the first of which that I have for you, Nima, is like, if this team shows up next season and they look just as bad as they did this year, they're competitive, but they just can't string together wins. There's still question marks with John Wall, Eric Gordon. They're sitting on the roster, but they haven't dealt them yet. You know, that doesn't, that's not a team that you'd be willing to suddenly uproot a bunch of draft capital for, right? Yeah. I mean, so in my opinion, I don't think John Wall is going to be on this roster past the end of next season, even with that player option. I think he's either traded by that time or there's a buyout by the end of next season. Um, and I think the number one priority for the front office this offseason should be to find a place for Eric Gordon. Um, and it's kind of seemed like that a little bit with Eric Gordon's comments as well of like, I wanted to retire in Houston, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I think he has already talked to the front office about the fact that they're probably going to move on from him come this offseason, which I think is best for both the rest of his career and then also for the for the Rockets moving forward. In terms of what I need to see from them next year for me to say, let's start pushing the chips in, um, I think that this team healthy with the right retooling, I mean, let's say you get a top four pick um, and, you know, you get – some good picks in the back or you trade up and you get something decent back for Eric Gordon. You make some small moves in free agency. If you're able to make a play in team by this year, I think in 2022, you might make a move to kind of push in for a young guy, uh, maybe move up in that draft as well and try and, you know, find another piece to move forward with this court. In my opinion though, the way everything is lined up, the way uh, stone's presser was at the end of the season Everything to me seems like it's built for the 2023 free agency class. Um, The way the contracts are set up with Christian Wood expiring in 2023, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jay Sean Tate both expiring in 2023 as well. That's going to be a free agency class where we need to spend a lot of money, especially if we want to retain those three guys. Um, but it's also one that is very, very, very stacked. And so I think that that like Stone has an idea for that from the beginning of the trade, the Harden trade, 
I said, this is probably going to be a three-year rebuild. This is a three-year plan because having Christian Wood at 28, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jay Shantae, or Jay, Jay Shantae at uh, 28, Kevin Porter Jr. and KJ Mara at 23 really hitting their stride. Um, you have two guys in their prime and two guys entering like the part where they start becoming very productive NBA players, hopefully. Um, I think that's a perfect time for you to cash in the chip. So I say build next year, see where you can get. I expect them, if you get a Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green, um, to be a play-in team probably around the nine seed. Um, and then, you know, after that, figure out what's like what you really need to do to become a better team to become a contender after signing that big guy in 2023. So if that is trading Christian Wood at the end of next season, um, and you're like, you know what, I think we can cash in with him and a couple picks and make an upgrade because this guy's asking out or whatever, then maybe that's what happens. But maybe the plan is, you know, Christian Wood takes a big step forward next year and you want to you sign to an extension. Uh, regardless, I think 2023 has to be the time to cash in. Anytime earlier than that, I feel like it's a little premature. The, the situation, the, the idea of trading Christian Wood becomes a bit more palpable looking at it at the end of next season, uh, you know, that, that 2022 offseason essentially because he'd be going into the final year of his deal in Houston. You'd be really trying to evaluate, okay, has he taken that next step? Does he really feel like he's one of your, you know, two or three building blocks on a championship caliber team? Uh, what does he look like health-wise, right? We still don't know. Ali Kambijani and I were doing his season breakdown on Locker Room uh, in, in an episode last week, and we still don't know if Christian Wood's going to be able to be a healthy 82-game per season player in his career yet. We haven't seen that out of him. And so that's a gigantic question mark for him moving forward. But if you're looking at what this team is potentially going to do down the line, the good news is, is even though all those contracts are expiring, Wood, Tate, KPJ, KJ Martin, thankfully, has one more year tacked on past that 2023 season um, because of when he was drafted. But if you're looking at those three of the young core four, their draft holds, their their salary cap holds are not going to be anything substantial. So they'll st- the Rockets are still going to have a lot of maneuverability that summer to throw a lot of money at a big-name free agent or potentially a couple big-name free agents, depending on what else goes on between now and then, uh, who they decide they want to commit money to, that kind of thing. And so I do think that this next season is the season where there's no sense this summer to make an all-in move to trade for a guy who's even in the midst of his prime right now. You know, there's some people who on Rockets Twitter are pining for, say, a Bradley Beal, right? And I'm like, no, I think he's, his age is a little bit past the window that you want to be shooting for. You want to time things out for that Christian Wood window of 25 years old or younger. And there's no rush to try and trade some of the chips in, to push some of those draft picks out, to bring a guy back like that, like a Bradley Beal type, who makes you just competitive enough to push for the play-in tournament, but not have that long-term stability as a franchise. And I think uh, Sam Presti had a beautiful quote the other day, and I hate that I have to you know use him for it, but he said that when the Thunder make it back to the playoffs, they want it to be an arrival, not an appearance. And I think that mentality towards how to rebuild and how to revitalize your franchise is absolutely key for this team moving forward. Yeah, and I, I agree with that 100%. You brought up a really good point about Christian Wood that I wanted to touch on um, because there was that you know trade talk of uh, Christian Wood for you know the the, the Warriors 
pick slash Minnesota pick of this year. Um, we haven't seen – Christian Wood's played 154 games in his career. We haven't seen the Christian Wood we know. You, you said that, you know, we don't know if he's going to be an 82-game player. We haven't seen that player for 82 games. Like, even going back to whenever he was going off in Detroit, that was maybe 20 games worth. And then he had 41 games in Houston. And so we have, we've seen about maybe, you know, around a full season of Christian Wood at the Christian Wood we know. It's really hard to gauge whether or not this is something that is sustainable or is this going to be – is this like a two- or three-year peak? Like, is this going to be someone who he can do this for the next six, seven years? Or is this just a really good player right now? And that happens. I mean, we see that with players who have a one- or two-year peak of, oh, my God, like, who is this guy? He's going to end up being a star, and then nothing really comes out of it. I'm not saying that's going to be Christian Wood, but for people who are saying, like, oh, I wouldn't trade him for a top-four pick. Like, this is a top-four pick we're talking about compared to a guy who at 25 has played around 80 games. Like, I I, I understand. Like, me personally, I still don't trade him until next year, unless it's Jalen Green. Uh, (laughs) But – like I, I just like I'm, I'm a little hesitant to be 100% push my chips in on, on Christian Wood after the injury. After I believe it was in the Suns game, uh, whenever he first hurt that ankle, his his numbers the rest of the season were way down. I mean, he was averaging 24 and 11 before before the injury, and then 20 and 20 and nine for the rest of the season afterwards. So. And we discussed this in, in Wood's season review and, you know, that ankle injury, right? He, he hurt it, was out for a few games, came back, hurt it worse the second time, was never the same, didn't have the same level of explosiveness, the same lateral movement, any of that, the same burst quickness when he came back. Even though he was out 17 games, he probably wasn't even 100% when he did come back. He was just healthy enough to start playing again. And it was important for him to get out there and get his reps in and get the, you know, get the time on the court and really prove, hey, I'm still this guy. Right, the 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 twelve games with the Pistons wasn't a fluke, and so. But you're completely right. We don't know if what he's proving to be is sustainable yet. We don't know what that's going to look like over the course of an 82 game season, and that's going to be, I think, at the top of his list of how to, you know, what to prove next season is. He's got to stay healthy, and he's got to prove that he can be a go-to guy, an integral part of the team over the course of an 82 game season, pending his health. But. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple other topics we got coming up here in this final segment. Uh, Want to touch base on a little bit of the discourse on Rockets Twitter, as well as maybe some of the NBA playoffs. The fact that Ben Simmons, thank goodness, is not a Houston Rocket, and we're gonna get there after a quick message from our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all that action and more at BetOnline. They've got NBA, NHL, UFC, you name it, they've got it over at BetOnline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game and get in on the action. So head over to their website and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Chatting with Nima, the host of the Gen Z Rockets podcast. Now, Nima, let's focus for a second and... We've had a lot, a lot go on this Rocket season. And there haven't been that many things to be grateful for. There's been some silver linings in there. But after watching the 76ers fall short against the Hawks in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference semifinals, can we both just sit here and be happy that Ben Simmons isn't a Houston Rocket? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad the trade didn't happen. Um, I will say, like, I feel like he does catch a lot of flack, but at the same time, like, I'm pretty happy he's not on my team, you know? Like, I'm glad I'm not my coach in my front office isn't the one that's trying to figure out how to formulate an offense around him. Whoever does figure out how to formulate an offense around him, I think it will work. You know, I think he's able, like, if, you, if you're if you able to get the right guys around him, he can be an effective player. I don't think they're there. Um, and so I, th- I think I, he's, an, I think he's an overhyped Draymond Green. Like, I, I mean. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like, I think with like, you know, Draymond Green at his prime, you surround him around like with some of the best shooters in the league who can kind of, you know, one of them can create for himself. Clay Thompson can, but just chooses not to. Um, but, like, you you surround him with, you know, really good shooters, and I think he can be a lot more effective. And I think that's what Maury's trying to do. Um, we'll see if it ends up happening because he'll probably back himself into a corner in classic Maury fashion. Um, but, you know, I, 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 think that there's, I think there's a world where Ben Simmons can be the third best player on a team. But if he was traded here, it would have been – Let's try and build around Ben Simmons, and I—that's I, not what I need. Yeah, and, and you're you're right. He does catch a lot of flack. He's still an extremely uber talented basketball player. Do not get me okay. wrong on that. Do not aggregate me, Carly. Don't do it. Swear. Um, <laughs> or you, Don. Don't do it either. Anyways, but like legitimately, you know, he he's still an extremely talented basketball player. But the idea of building around him as essentially a first option or as your franchise guy. You know, I was trying to entertain the idea earlier this season, and I think, you know, there were a lot of Rockets fans that were because they wanted some, you know, concrete piece back in the Harden deal, a foundational piece, quote-unquote, which we wound up not getting, and I think a lot of people were, you know, upset by that, and myself included. I kind of thought that, you know, I was a little disappointed in the return, but as I've, you know, removed myself from the trade and gone back and looked at it, you know, as the season has progressed, I think it was the right move, bringing back all that draft capital. And like you said, he's a really great, like, third option guy on a team. Again, like the Draymond Green role, right? He plays incredibly great defense. He's a great facilitator, rebounder. He does everything except shoot the ball at a high clip. But unfortunately, that's a gigantic glaring weakness in his game that you have to mask by putting a first and a second option ahead of him to where he could just focus on facilitating the ball to them, not necessarily having to worry about whether or not he can manage to, you know, scrape 20 on any given night or worry about defenses, you know, sagging off of him because he won't ever shoot the ball from outside of 15 feet, if that. But that's 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 one area, Nima. The other area, we got to talk about this, is that there is a, and there's been this divide on Rockets Twitter for a while 
And it started, and it's it still exists. It's kind of the divide of you know Rockets fans who have bandwagon become Nets fans, or I guess the the new terminology is Rock Nets fans is the the term for them, um, versus like Rockets fans who have stayed tried and true to the Houston Rockets and who you know dealt with this horrendous season and watched all you know seventy two games and you know didn't abandon the team just because of the James Harden trade and. Frankly, right now on Rockets Twitter, there's a couple people, good friends of the show, uh, Red94 and and Roosh. And these two guys, they are discussing at length that franchise best Rockets team, the 65-win team that had James Harden, Chris Paul on it. And they you know, discuss that team pretty frequently on social media. And it's been rubbing some people the wrong way. And I'll lead off, because I want your opinion on this, Neil, but I'm going to lead off very quickly, and I can elaborate on this, but I don't care what they talk about. Like, Roosh and Rahat bring up some of the best discussions and provide some of the best discourse on the Bird app when it comes to Rockets fandom. So if they want to talk about, you know, the 2017-18 team and how painful it is that seeing that team dispersed across the NBA playoffs currently, as we talked about at the top with all the former Rockets floating around the NBA playoffs right now and the ones that got bounced in the first round even, that's on them. That Like, that's... Whatever. Whatever floats your boat. It doesn't bother me any. Where are you at on it? Does it bother you? Are you invested in it? Do you think it provides good insight or, you know, provides a frame of reference for things? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, so I've listened to Roosh and Red 18 for, uh, you know, a good amount of time. Oh, Red 18. <laughs> Red 18? Yeah, yeah, because 2018 is championship year now. So... Uh, I've listened to Roosh and Red 18, you know, for, for a decent amount of time. Like I, you know, I follow them. They're obviously big names on, uh, Rockets Twitter. And, you know, like I understand the, the Chris Paul trade in hindsight, not a good trade. And at the time, you know, it was iffy. We like, there's so many other things we can nitpick on. <laughs> like, Why are we hammering this one issue over and over again? And, Again, with high, like hindsight's twenty twenty. You look back now and you're like, oh man, look at Chris Paul and what he did with OKC and what he did. Well, with I, I, I look, I'm going to cut you off really quick just before you make your your big point on it though. Is I can answer that very easily. Is why why do we keep hammering this one detail? Because this one detail had ripple effects and implications that have largely derailed the franchise. And that's their, especially Red, you know, Rahat. That's his main point. Is that trade the the draft assets you know added into that Chris Paul trade have you know displaced this franchise for the better part of the next decade you know and, and thankfully we recouped some of those assets from the Brooklyn Nets but that's kind of where their angle comes from so like I get it but that's I just wanted to throw that yeah. in there yeah that's a very in like in a vacuum type of like look at it in my opinion though like first of all with the whole Chris Paul thing like we're acting like he didn't like play horribly in that warrior series along with Clint Capella, who also had a very bad series, but like Chris Paul was not a good player in that series. He didn't help us in a positive way for much of that series. At the time, it seemed like a smart idea to move on from Chris Paul. I've said it, it, instead of getting mad about that Chris Paul trade, get mad that we didn't uh, whenever Kawhi Leonard apparently wanted James Harden on the Clippers. We didn't just trade James Harden then and got that big package of SGA picks, all of the Clippers future. I'd rather have the Clippers future than the OKC have art future because the Clippers are going to blow it up anyway at some point. Um, 
or they're just not going to be extremely good because, you know, they're the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> but there's a, there's a lot of other things you can hammer on, especially in the Maury area, era, like just trading away first-round picks like it was nothing um, and not recuperating them. And I think that the fact that Stone did that tells me that, like, you know, he's looking at it in a better way than I feel like Maury did, but apparently the Maury thing – or the Chris Paul trade was – pushed on by Tillman, if I am getting all my details correctly. Um, draft, and, and, you know, Stone said this himself, draft capital is super fluid. Like, he traded the 2022 Bucks pick back to 2023 so you can have another year to figure out what to do with that. The only reason why the trade seems so bad is because we traded the swap of this year. Like, I really think that the only reason why that Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook trade seems so bad is because we incorporated a a swap that just, you know, didn't work out in our favor because all the cards fell apart. But if you get that top four pick, you're fine. Like nothing, nothing really changes down the line. You can't really be, you know, you can't really tank that much, but you have swaps with Brooklyn. So you're going to get the best out of your pick and Brooklyn's picks for some years. The years that you don't have your own pick, you have Brooklyn's pick. So I think that, you know, the fact that we traded those picks that are four or five years down the line and we recuperated them some way, unfortunately, it was with the Harden trade. But if you bring Chris Paul back and you don't win a championship last year, like who's to say they really win a championship last year? The bubble was a very different environment. And, you know, Chris Paul – or not Chris Paul – Russell Westbrook wasn't healthy. You can't say that Chris Paul would be healthy in a Rockets uniform just because he wasn't an Oklahoma City uniform. Like hindsight is too too 2020 for this. In my opinion, there's so many good things to be happy about with this current squad. Sure, the the season wasn't the most fun. I definitely didn't sit there cheering on my couch, uh, you know, watching us get beat by 30 once or twice a week. Like there was definitely some tough things, but watching KPJ grow on the court, watching uh, KJ Martin, you know, each game towards the end of the season playing better than the game before, like looking more and more like an NBA player, getting to see all these guys and test out all these guys. Like, yes, it's not the same type of joy you get watching a championship team as it is, you know, seeing Kyrie Thomas get thrown on the floor and drop 16 points. And you're like, Oh my God, this guy came out of nowhere. He's on a second day in the NBA roster. Like it's, it's different. Yes. But there's so much to be happy for. There's so much to look forward to. I, the part, like the part that just bothers me is like, Hey, it's been three years. It's been four years, three years. Like I say the same thing to people who are still mad at the Astros. Like it's over, move on. Like it, it really is. It's over. Move on. We've, covered our bases in terms of where things went wrong for the most part. And there's still time to cover those bases. I mean, realistically, if you get a good free agent down the line uh, or like next year, you might not have been able to get that free agent with Chris Paul on roster. Like there's a lot of like, if, if we want to speak hindsight, there's even deeper thing, ways you can go into it. That just bothers me because, you know, you're just trying to find reasons to be angry in my opinion. And there's so much to be happy about right now. Like the season's over. Like I, I especially especially without even knowing where our draft pick is going to be. Like if if our draft pick is number one and we're still getting mad about this deal, I I don't, I don't get it. 
I definitely, <laughs> I, I 100% believe that if if uh, if we luck out and walk away with the number one overall pick in the draft lottery and Cade Cunningham becomes a future Rocket, I mean, then there is going to be, that'll be the new shiny thing in Houston. And I don't think at that point there'll be any reason to reminisce over the, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda with the old team. But I also, again, I do understand where they're coming from and even myself at times like you know what like because it's just it's things that are that happen in passing where like I was watching you know the very first game between uh the Suns and Lakers in the playoffs and I was sitting there thinking is Phoenix Suns team is a poor man's version of the 2017-2018 Houston Rockets you got Aiton who's Capella you got Crowder who's Tucker you got Bridges who's Ariza like you just go down the lineup Booker Harden obviously and then Paul is Paul but like you know, so it's moments like that where you're looking at what's happening and you're like, it's almost it's almost involuntary, that reflex to think back to, oh, that's how that went. And then sometimes utilizing that team to contextualize what's happening in this current day and age with something else going on in the NBA landscape. But even even like right now, like you look at you look at the, that Phoenix Suns team, like Chris Paul had eight points and 12 assists and in, in game in game six, like. He did well, yes. He did he did his job, but like eight points and twelve assists in twenty nineteen was not gonna be good enough to beat the Warriors. Like I'm I'm sorry, like that's that was a bad game for Chris Paul in terms of what we were expecting from him two years ago to beat a super team. They're not playing super teams right now. Last year they took a very flawed, injured Rockets team who got beat by the Lakers very handedly outside of game one to seven because they had, you know, Lou Dort playing very good defense on Harden, even though Harden got his own and Russell Westbrook coming back from injury way too early, not to mention Mike D'Antoni never making adjustments. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, yes, like, yeah, they overperformed. I don't think Phoenix overperformed at all. Like I had them as like a top four seed, they were the second seed. There was a lot of injuries. They were very healthy. Like, I and do do they even pass the first round if Anthony Davis and LeBron James don't get hurt? Like, yes, maybe, maybe no, though. Like, there's there's a lot that goes into being a championship team. For us, we had injuries. We we're on the wrong side of things. Phoenix just happens to be on the right side of things right now. Not to mention Devin Booker is proving himself to be a playoff player. DeAndre Aiden is proving himself to be a playoff player. Like these guys are showing up. The Rockets had guys who didn't show up, especially the role players. And so like, I, I, I can't really, you know, sit here and be like, well, look at what Chris Paul's doing now because like, yeah, just like we, you can factor in a bunch of things into the 2018 trade and how it looks bad. You can factor in a bunch of things right now to say why his teams look good. So yeah, there's a lot of variables to consider and a big, big variable that we like to just uh, ignore sometimes. It's a lot of luck, right? There's so much yeah. luck that goes into winning an NBA title or being a, pe- a competitive team or just having the right window, you know, being lined up. And unfortunately, that Rockets team, the 65-win team, came up against the juggernaut that was the Golden State Warriors and, of course, the other juggernaut known as Scott Foster. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Nemo, we're going to do, before we get you out of here, we're going to do a lottery spin because that's what we got to do on these shows as we're uh, now 15 days away from the NBA draft lottery and finding out whether or not the Rockets retain their picks. So we are going to spin this bad boy. Are you ready? Yep. 
Rockets retain a pick. Oh, okay. It's a good day whenever the Rockets retain their pick. It's the fourth overall pick, so it's not great, but we'll take it because it means they keep their pick. So we got Cleveland, number one, Detroit, number two, and New Orleans, number three. So I'll go ahead and draft for the other three teams, and then I'll let you pick for the Rockets, Nima. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Giddy number one overall. I'm just going to draft everybody so that Cade falls down to number four. No. Um, Cade number one overall, I think, for the Pistons. uh, We'll go go Suggs for the Pistons. And then I guess we'll go with New Orleans. I don't. I. I really. I'm. I'm bad at this. Like I don't want to draft for other teams because I don't know which teams value who. Who would value who? But I'm gonna say Jalen Green for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, give me Evan Mobley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that is. And this isn't for any of you. For any of you conspiracy theorists that are listening to this right now, this wasn't me gearing it to try and land Mobley on the Rockets. All right. Like I know that he's my number two prospect in this draft. That was not my intent here. I was just trying to think about like what was going on. I mean, maybe Mobley would be a better fit in you know, Pelicans County next to Zion, but who knows? Rockets kept their pick. That's hey, always bring fun. Back, bring back the, uh, we'd, we'd have the mini twin towers now. It's uh, Christian Wood and, and Evan Mobley, the modern day twin towers. The modern day twin towers. I love it. Nima, my man, let everybody know where they can track you down at. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at finding Nima 23. You can find the podcast uh, on Twitter as well at Gen Z Rockets. You can find that on any podcast platform. Uh, and then if you just want to hear me talk sometimes during the day, uh, sponsored this episode as well, you can find me on Locker Room. Uh, do a lot of stuff on there. Um, and so you guys can find me there basically anytime. Uh, I appreciate you having me on here, Jackson. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, Nima, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. It was a great episode. But for today's show, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.